We are here with another week of the podcast. Welcome to I Wish I Knew That About Songwriting. If this is the first episode that you've heard, cool. There's plenty of other ways to get into this, but this might be a really cool one as well. For those of you who are returning, this is a kind of new idea, a new segment that I think just came up by virtue of having such good conversations with some of the people that I work with. So I'm going to call this Lessons from the Sessions. And very simply, often I find myself during client sessions kind of thinking, oh, wow, this is such a good thing that they've said, or this is such a good thing they've presented, particularly in the way that we kind of come together and think about, okay, how do we improve this next time? What tools can we think about? What frameworks? And if you know me, you know I love, I love an analogy. So you might hear some analogies today, but it came from the idea that thinking, well, it's great that this person has been helped and I've become a better coach by virtue of creating this idea with them. Um, And you've seen some of this come up in terms of resources from Philippa Cooper giving us the rewriting checklist and that kind of circulating through clients and becoming better than something that I shared with you guys and particularly shared in the Discord. So I thought, why not continue that? And this is going to be the first kind of try of lessons from the sessions. And I really think that even just today, um, we've got some really, really cool stuff that I think will be very practical. And what, what better than tools that are used, you know, in the flesh, so to speak, and used in sessions practically what better than those to share with you guys so this is lessons from the sessions and i'm excited because this is really relevant as i said it makes me a better coach i believe sharing these things is important and short of recording everyone's sessions but i don't know if that's the right thing to do to be honest because there are some sensitive things shared and i really like the fact that it's kind of one-on-one and it's just us trying to work through their problems but as I've seen through my research of the last 10 years almost, I don't know if there's anything new to the songwriting process. There's just different and new ways to think about the tools and think about the ways that you present your ideas. So from Ryan Tedder all the way through to any one of the beautiful people I work with, um, it's all the same. It's just about understanding where you are in the process and what tools apply. So the first person I want to talk about is Ariadne Aberin. And you may have heard her work on the Emily's Help Desk. She did um, First Spark, I believe, was was the last one we reviewed. But she's a lovely human being. She came to me through Julian Holinger, who's an incredible producer. Um, now he's traveling the world, but he's originally out of Austria. So Julian came together and Ariadne um, has been returning ever since. So I loved a couple of the things that she presented to me. And first of all, this interesting thing happened whereby she had put a swear word in her songs. And for me, I think that's just a choice to make i think when you're writing you just come up with whatever you need to come up with in terms of adding swear words for example and i think if they're done well they're beautiful and she had this great use of swearing i wanted to bring that up the first as the first thing because she used the technique that i like to call alienation or something i learned when i was doing um, drama when i was younger it's the idea that during films for example if there is a fight or there's a grand kind of combat in war Of course, this is a distressing, it's difficult, it's aggressive, it's a violent setting. But alienation is when you take that scene of warfare and you overlay music that's really beautifully soft. might be a piano piece or something kind of pensive and light. And the idea is that you then kind of gruesomely detach the listener or the viewer from that combat. And you make them think like, wow, how horrible is this? as opposed to something that maybe matches it, like, you know, beating drums and kind of gratuitous violence um, in music. 
I think that can be a way to do it as well. But alienation was a technique that I think Ariadne used really well because when she came to saying the swear word, using the swear word, which she'd actually set up beautifully, which I want to talk about later, um, she said it really softly. She kind of just sort of almost threw it away. I think there's this beautiful way that it can be done is that you're not trying to highlight it. And very often you can hear like someone coming in for a swear word or kind of expletives and they go like, bam, like there it is, center of the center of the line, center of the piece. And I think that can also work, right? But I think it can sometimes cheapen it and make you seem as though you don't have other options. Whereas Ariadne really artfully used that swear word and kind of like almost like brushed it off. So it kind of has more effect by alienating people. That was the first thing. And something else that I wanted to think about was the idea of the grid. So this is going to be quite a tangible thing that I talk about in the future. And the grid is something that I feel is important to people when they're writing ideas and when they're coming to kind of middle of the funnel of their idea, where they've done all the kind of open and creative stuff that's non-judgmental. You're free writing, you're storyboarding and just collecting information, really dipping into the sensory stuff. When you're starting to get towards the middle, and particularly when you've kind of created your first couple of ideas, or you've kind of got towards that ABC, that verse pre-chorus, something called the grid appears. I just thought it was this really simple way, after our conversation, to talk about the key signature, which is also in some ways the key you choose it to be in, but we won't get into that today. The key is simply how high or low is your music, and at what point do you then sing the melody in your voice? So if you were to raise the key, traditionally it would be higher, so then your voice would be higher. You often see guitarists putting what's called a capo, which is just a way of doing this simply on guitars, or pianists that are great at transposing, which is when you when you change the key, right? So the grid is this idea that you can picture a grid in front of you that have lines going across and lines going up and down. And you think, okay, my song is X on the grid, it's somewhere. And particularly with Ariadne, I was like, look, I think you're really close because it sounds really close to where you th- I think your voice should be. It sounds really good. And in terms of speed as well, that's why it's a grid. I think it's like the key goes up and the speed, which is the BPM, beats per minute, the speed of your song goes across. So you've got this idea that I think like, if you have those, where those lines are meeting, you think, okay, this is, this is a possible choice for the key and the speed. And I thought with Ariadne's song, I was like, hmm, where does this sit? I think it's just a little bit off on speed, a little bit off on the key. But as soon as we just shifted that touch faster, a few BPM faster, and then also increased the key a little bit, what was beautiful is suddenly the way she'd written her melody, the rhythm of her melody as well, was at the right speed. It was at the right key. And what that does is it makes people feel like it's effortless. If something's too slow, it feels too slow. It can feel like a drag, literally, that's where that comes from. Whereas if you have the ability to put your song into the right key and into the right BPM, suddenly it feels effortless. This is where these songs come from that sound effortlessly. You know, you'd almost have to think about them. They're just so well thought out because I think someone's taken a lot of time to sweat over where their song is on the grid and go, okay, let's try this key. Nope, let's try this key. Brilliant. That's where the drama, the texture, which is another part of the, the grid in my mind is like, when you're changing the key, it's not only to suit your voice so that you can sing it or you know, whether you can sing it live and studio and live is different. I think sometimes you can push in the studio just to give that drama. But when you were talking about the grid, you not only want to sound comfortable in your range, but I actually think that there's another way of getting this kind of fourth dimensional singer, which we talk about on the show, which is that fourth element is the kind of drama, the emotion. 
is when you kind of not only get the right key, but you just push it a touch higher, you know, maybe a semitone, which is kind of half a note, so that your voice not only sounds good and in your range, but slightly distressed at certain points, maybe in your chorus or in your bridge or at certain parts of your song where you really want to add drama and gravity. I think it's really smart to start playing around with the grid and go, okay, how far can I push this past comfortable? even with speed, but more so with key for singers. When I was talking to Ariadne, I was like, look, when you sing a touch higher, it sounds really good. And what that does is then adds to your lyric, adds to the performance, adds to the idea you're trying to get across by way of just being a little bit more dramatic. The difference between talking and shouting, almost, in terms of how we listen to a singer, and a singer doesn't shout, right? That's not singing anymore, it's shouting. But it's, it's how do we get that extra drama, that extra touch? And even for some of you, you might be thinking, okay, what if I lowered the key? What if I put my verse in more of a kind of a grounded place, resonating more in my kind of, you know, chest and, and lower voice? What would that do? And also that's an idea that, okay, cool. If I put my verse down there, I have more space, more sky to sing into for these choruses and these pre's. So it's, it's also trying to playing around on the grid as to, okay, how do we do this? What's the best place for me to put my voice, my melody, my rhythm, my song, what's the best place to put that in order to have the most drama and the most appeal? So I thought that was really clever and in terms of how we had that conversation and watching her do that, we're thinking, oh, this feels like a grid. Okay, yeah, cool. And then it's the way to think about it is that your song is not wrong, right? It's just misaligned on the grid. We're not selling you to kind of rip up the whole creative process, go back down the funnel and start again. Not at all. Is that you actually might be really close when you think you're far away. And that's why the idea of the grid is there is that look, if you just shift it a touch to the right, a touch up, suddenly everything aligns. It's brilliant. It's the right rhythm. It's the right speed. It's the right melody. It's the right kind of inference of different words based on how you sing them. So I think it's this really cool idea that you can take home and use today. If you have ideas sitting that maybe weren't really feeling like they should be, they weren't quite paying off on the quality of what you thought you'd done, consider this on top of the rewriting checklist that you can get if you pop into the Discord or if you reach out to me, I can send that to you as well. We also talked about it on a previous episode if you want to go and check that out. But this grid, I think, is a really cool way of, of adding not only to the rewriting checklist, but just for giving you a really practical, hopefully, and the idea is to, is to reduce the stress, reduce the, the pressure on you, which I think is the dream, right? That's the idea like reduce the pressure and improve the results. So the grid is just saying, look, you might not be there yet, but don't give up. You might just want to shift a touch here, increase the speed, oh, pop up the key, boom, you're there. And then suddenly you have this idea, you have the texture, you have the drama, and then you can start thinking about harmonies and all of these extra things. So really, really cool. I love working with Ariadne anyway, and she's got a sharp mind. And aside from having 60 tabs open at once, I think... She's a very, very much someone that we want to listen to in this show. So I really enjoyed sharing that session with her. And equally as well, she, she'd taken the time to do her own demos, which I think is something to think about and to talk about maybe another time, but just, just great because she showed me this idea and I was like, okay, cool. Great alienation here with the use of that swear word. And I think it's interesting that, you know, you're close here with the speed. Let's think about the grid and the texture. And then we got it to a place where it just sounded like, like an even better song. That's what we want. And then she'd added in these strings and I thought, oh, wow, that's cool. She's already thinking about arranging her ideas. And I instantly said, look, talk to Harley Eblen. So check out Harley Eblen on Instagram, at Harley Eblen. You should find him. This is this gorgeous American man with a big jaw, big smile, um, lovely hair as well. So check that guy out. Because as soon as I heard Ariadne's strings, I was like, look, if you need strings, this is the man. And, and I think they connected and they, they had a conversation, which is awesome. And if you want emotion, again, we're talking about the grid adding to your emotion. It's not 
mathematical thing. It can be seen analytically and in terms of mathematics if you really want, but it's just aligning it for the, for the most emotion, for the most emotive impact, if you will. So that's when I heard the strings. I thought, right, go and speak to Harley. Harley's actually been on the podcast as well, so you can check out his episode. I think he's a, he's a wonderful man. And that was him talking to Ed Stokes from the Ed Stokes Sound podcast. So check that out. Beautiful people, very kind people all over the world connecting. So loving Ariadne stuff. And there, there were a couple of the ideas I talk about previously as well, like tell less and show more. So again, show more, tell less is the other thing you may have heard on this show. But just a couple of quick examples. She had the idea of spending time on this particular character that she was talking about on this relationship. Spending time was one idea. And then voices in my head. I was like, cool, I know exactly what we're going for. This is good. This is fine. I call it scraping the surface. You know, you know where you're going to dig in the ground. And you, so that's where you have cliches or more common terms like spending time, voices in my head. But you want to just dig under the surface so that you're not too far from what people understand, but you're a little bit more artful and they'll love you for it. So I kind of suggested to her very quick examples. And instead of spending time, it's coming up shortchanged meaning you spent your time wrong, right? That was the context here. So it's just ideas that instead of just saying spending, it's actually talk about talk about money. It's like, I, you know, I came up short change with you and I never kind of got my money back, essentially. Start to just scratch under the surface. That's lyrical deep diving, technically, if you want to look at that. And um, we've talked about that. I will be talking about it again because it's just is so, so, so important. It's such a great tool that I see all the time in great sessions. And then voice in my head, we start to think about what about ricocheting, rico- ricocheting ideas in your head? like ricocheting sounds, ricocheting voices, is that then again, like that kind of violent bouncing around of things in your head. Because voices in my head is good, but that could be good. Whereas we want to go like, okay, this is aggressive. It's ricocheting thoughts in my head. So again, this is just some ideas of how you lyrically deep dive and like kind of scratch the surface, if you will. And I'll be going back to that initially, sorry, going back to that initial episode um, in the future, because I think it's such a rich place. And if you want to look at lyrical deep diving, you can check out uh, in the links below, which would help the show. There is Pat Patterson's book, which is Writing Better Lyrics. So if you want to look at d- lyrical deep diving in super depth, then you go there. But very simply, that's just what I talked about here is you find that spot in the ground that you just gr- kind of scratch the surface until you're at a point where you feel like, yep, this is rich soil. This is what people want. And they still know what I mean. Okay. And there's some, I mean, she's just great. I think eliciting questions was one thing we talked about, which means that in your verses, can you elicit questions, which almost lyrical deep diving does, right? But it's like, oh, well, instead of just saying spending time, it's coming up short change. It's like, oh, what does that mean? That's interesting. You mean, oh, it was a bad thing. I want to know more. Voices in my head, like ricocheting thoughts. Like, oh, what's that? What ricocheting thoughts? This is eliciting questions and, and great, great songwriters do this. And I always think of Sam Hunt because particularly in songs that on the Montevallo record, which I just recommend whether you like country or not, that is an album to learn how to write songs. It's, it's beautifully clear, similar to how Taylor Swift is giving her gift to the world in a way that we can understand and we can kind of copy. Um, Sam Hunt does a great job of eliciting questions in his verses, as particularly ecstasy, take your time, um, break up in a small town. These are great, great, great songs because they, they kind of put us in the space, but also think us Sorry, they also have us. They also have us asking, like, "What's next? Why have you said that?" It's beautifully set up and it's really artful, and I think it's very clear, which is why I harp on about country all the time. Um, warming up lyrics in the shower is quite a funny idea. Is that the idea is that okay? These things need to warm up like a shower sometimes. Lyrics. That's why the creative funneling aspect 
which again, if that's a new term to you, it might actually be new to a lot of listeners, particularly ones that have been with us with us for a long time but creative funneling will be something i'm going to again talk about in the future it's kind of the culmination of all these tools i see work for clients coming together in a way that i think is very practical and um it relieves the pressure but it also increases it in a really funny way that that helps you get great results in a really good way so that's going to be something in the future but warming up lyrics in the shower is just this idea that she has great lyrics ariadne has great lyrics but it's just she needs to warm up into them and take the time to dive in and once she starts doing that you get these wonderful things and also she was nominated for a wavy award so check out wavy w-a-v-y awards online i think it's a really cool thing and i heard about it from her and i just think congratulations ariadne for being nominated it's about being nominated i don't know if it's about winning i think it's about being recognized for your work and after that it's in someone else's hands but well done love it and the work that she's doing is stunning and i don't see her too often but I really do enjoy our sessions when we come together because she's one of these people that isn't every week, isn't almost even every month. But when she comes, she's got these great song ideas, these great starts, and she works with wonderful producers, um, James and Julian. So check those guys out. They're wonderful people. And she comes in with these ideas that, again, they're so close on the grid that we just need to shift them here and then slightly kind of scratch the surface for lyrical deep diving, get some more questions elicited, think about strings, and also being interested in how you can deliver your lyrics with that kind of alienation, subtle thing that you do. So love that from Ariadne. She is just honestly very quiet, very unassuming. But I absolutely love working with her because she's always got really, really good ideas. Cool. So next one, we have a brand new person, which is, which is wonderful. Again, from Julian, he sent me uh, this gift of human being. So Liana is someone I did a, my first, kind of first session with recently, and we were working through her song because I honestly, I've never read lyrics like hers. She presented these ideas to me. I was a little bit kind of knocked off my, uh, knocked off my perch there. I thought, wow, this is so cool. I've never heard anyone write about this. And her idea was this kind of creative, artistic, cosmological aspect of the artist's attempt to encapsulate love or a person in art. And her saying that the struggle is that you can't encapsulate someone because they're too complex, particularly someone you love. And it's this idea that she's been thinking about, I think she's 19 or something, this wonderful mind, um, French-born, living in America. So we, we spoke a little bit of French. I probably did it very badly. But she had these wonderful ideas is that she's put herself in the shoes of an artist who's trying to capture their lover in art, be that a statue or be that a painting, was our idea. And I just thought this was so cool to get into. And I think a couple of things I had in terms of hers was that I loved the idea. She sent me a few ideas that she was thinking of for, for production and she'd sang through. So beautiful voice, all these things that you get ticked off, like great voice, very emotive, which was really cool. And we talked about other things that I can't go into all of it at once. Like I said, I'd love to record these sessions, but I'm going to do my best to bring you the highlights of what we talked about. But Liana had these ideas and I thought this is so, so, so beautiful. This idea of how do you capture the ones you love in art? can you and the struggle so what we did was go through her idea because for me i think we were suffering a little bit from what's called writer's assumption which is ralph murphy you can check out the, that kind of three-parter that i've done on his book which is amazing and pick it up in the links below again that really helps the show but i truly recommend his books and he talked about writer's assumption whereby someone can present this beautiful idea lyrically melodically even a whole song but it's been written on the assumption that 
the audience knows what the writer does. And I thought with Liana, I thought, wow, this is such a good idea. She's so talented that we just need to go back. So what we did is we kind of rewound, did some free writing and went, okay, cool. This is what you're already saying. Great. I understand that, but I need to get onto your side now, but not just from our conversation. Cause we had a great conversation, but I need to see that in your lyrics. Now, so we went free writing, storyboarding, Eularian destinies as well. And kind of like beginning, middle and end, these simple things, but done in the right way can unpick these beautiful songs like Liana presented to me. But the thing I wanted to talk about was just my favorite example of prosody. I think I've come across in a session. And we were coming to verse two. So as I said, we'd done a lot of our work, ABC, kind of really trying to iron it out, get rid of the writer's assumption and keep all the gold and the beauty that I'd kind of heard initially. But then it came to verse two. And she was presenting an idea that we had to clarify, but it's really cool. And essentially, it was the idea about Egypt and it was talking about the pyramids. But this, it was this beautiful thing that she did whereby she went, okay, she was singing really nicely. And then out of nowhere, when she was singing about Egypt, she put in what's called a Phrygian run, which is a very simple way of saying what you would consider an Egyptian sounding run. And a run is when you go nah, with your vocal, right? It's, it's where you move through a few notes in a particular fashion. Often it's, like, it's called a trill. I like to think of it also as a trinket, but a run is when you do something. Um, Ariadne, oh, Ariadne, there we go. Practically the same person. Sorry. Ariana Grande does them beautifully. And I think there's a number of artists, particularly the pop R&B crossover, um, that do runs beautifully. But when Liana came to this particular line, this particular verse about Egyptian architecture, Egyptian art, Egyptian culture, she added in this run. And I was like, this is too good. You have to keep that. I was like, do you know you did that? She went, oh yeah, sometimes that happens because she has um, Middle Eastern roots. She talked about in her family. I said, please, please, please keep that. Because I know that not only have you talked about the pyramid and we clar clarified it so it's more obvious, which is good. And even what was cool is I really liked the way that she kind of fought back on her ideas because I'm someone that does kind of go towards the, the technique, towards the kind of best and most economical thing for the listener, you know, emotive, interesting and engaging, right? But she said, look, I don't want to give it all away. I want this idea to be a little bit hidden, a little bit cache, which I think is brilliant. I was like, yeah, cool, let's do that. Let's just find a really beautiful, creative way to do so. I think we did because we suggested pyramids. And then in her voice, for those of you that know music or you don't even need to know music, that's why I think it's best to just listen to Egyptian music um, and you will understand. So that you hear that and you go, Egypt, right? You don't need to know it's a Phrygian run. You just go, oh, Egypt, awesome. And she'd kind of glittered this idea in the lyrics, then glittered this idea into her vocal performance and i said to, to, i said to her look let's think about csd creative sound design for your producer right this is something as artists that if you have an idea and you're, 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 you want your producer to, to amplify it i said leave a note for julian put csd egypt because then he has a choice to go okay cool how do i do this do i bring in some traditional music do i bring in some traditional kind of audio memory if you will of something that when played just sounds in all of us like egypt it's this this cool thing whereby you can have the prosody of the lyrics saying it suggesting it the vocal suggesting it as well and then finally the producer coming across and doing it without ever saying egypt which i think was just such a cool idea which is why i really wanted to talk about it on this episode so i really enjoyed working with liana and we also talked about the idea of mystery like i said is that you can write lyrics that are really blazingly obvious and there are some genres particularly pop like short pop and even dance music right where you kind of want to get across your idea as quick as possible 
but still was some mystery. Whereas I think Liana was deliberately, particularly if you guys heard how wonderfully she sung and wonderfully she put together her ideas and how she was coming across with her ideas. She wants to keep mystery. I thought, awesome, let's do this. So actually, let's scratch really deep on lyrical deep diving. Let's go quite deep on these and not give too much away because I think she wants mystery. And I said, amazing, great. But there's just the idea that if you want people to listen to your incredible second verse you've taken all the time with, which is actually worth listening to, this is incredible second verse that she's taken time on. If you want people to get to your bridge, to your verse, you need to earn it. So you need to also think that, how do I get people to mystery? How do I allow them to go across this tightrope? So the idea of the, the listener tightrope and listener bandwidth um, is simple as that. Is that. If you want people to get to that part, which is really interesting and kind of mysterious and really encapsulates you as an artist where you put all your best work, you do need to get them through that verse, that pre, that chorus. Not just get them through it, but have them enjoy it. Have them enjoy the journey. Lay down those breadcrumbs work on the bandwidth so that you're being accommodating to someone listening because then they can get to your second verse where you've got your Egyptian lyric, your run, and then your production idea. So that's the the beauty of mystery is that you do have to balance it out in order for people to kind of get there. Because especially as new artists that don't maybe have as loyal following as someone like Taylor Swift or Lana Del Rey, whereby they can put out a record and you kind of take the time. Or even Drake, right? If Drake says something, we all think, well, I, I don't know what that is. I need to know because he's in the know right? That's established artists in general. Whereas if you're new to use mystery, I think there's this wonderful balance of guiding people with breadcrumbs and something more obvious, maybe towards the surface, but then paying that off with really interesting deep lyrics that kind of happen as you come around like an Easter egg in a game or a film where by like the more you listen, you go, wow, there's that, there's this, there's that. And imagery was incredible for her. That's the last kind of point I wanted to make on this one because she talked about not being able to paint like blue canvases. And she had me kind of thinking, oh yeah, this is like classic Austrian coffee shop culture someone's painting in their studio and in, in, in kind of spring in Europe that's that's what I got in my head so it's really cool that the imagery she used came across and then also as I said suggestions of Egypt and I just think that her ideas were wonderful and I left her working on the bridge as, as again like this is an option for you to really take that helicopter ride over your whole song Ralph Murphy talks about something similar as well I think of it like that you know make sure you nail this bridge because you've got such a great opportunity to do so based on what you want to say. And we know now, and we're this side, we're the right side of the artist's assumption by way of like, you've actually done a good job of explaining not only to me as someone who can ask questions sitting here on a screen with you, but someone who's just fresh listening, they understand what you're going for, but not too much if you do want to keep that mystery. So pleasure working with Diana, looking forward to future stuff. And I'm looking forward to hearing that song. Smash it. And then today we have another returning legend. Someone you know very well if you listen to this show very often, but it's Emily. So Emily, it's all one from Emily's help desk. And this one was kind of the inspiration for a lot of these kind of lessons from the sessions and really collating everything. Because I was like, look, this is just another example of a wonderful person putting down wonderful ideas that I think not only serve her song, but I think they're just good examples of how we achieve things through creative funneling, which again is free writing, storyboarding, then going through the different process in terms of lyrics we talk about, then towards melody and then rewriting and then getting that down. And there's a whole process of things that I will go through again. I tend to do it every year. So I'm going to go back through the classics and kind of update them. But creative funneling is essentially that whole process of writing songs from something very open, very unjudgmental to something that's really kind of compact and full of tools and ideas and 
really emotive, efficient tools to get people into your music. So Emily's idea was wonderful. And we reached these lyrics, which I'll read to you in just a second, through surprise, surprise, free writing. You know, I think Emily said one thing to me. I was like, please go deep on that. What do you mean by that? And she said, she went walking locally with sunglasses when it wasn't sunny, just in case she started crying. I was like, oh, this is so good. This is so rich, you know. And obviously, I always joke with Emily, like, you know, trauma's brilliant in songwriting. It's not, right? We you know we want to really address things and make sure we're okay and we're happy. But I always joke with Emily, like, you know, sad for you, it's good for it's good for your music, right? That's how we feel. But we kind of had a conversation as we always do, um, to make sure that she's okay and she's happy to talk about these things. They're not kind of continually going on and you know, in this case it was something quite light, so we just we just plowed on and work with it. But I do encourage you guys that if you're using music as therapy, just consider the fact that, you know, make sure you've, you've got on top of it before you release it and that you're happy with sharing those things. And I think it's quite a delicate process, but one to be talked about maybe on another day. What we did is free writing. And then particularly we started to talk about themes, which is awesome. And you'll see here as well, we, we introduced the idea of themes, which was luck. To see if you can hear that. So luck was something we came up with. And again, when you're free writing, you start to see these themes come up. And themes and extremes, I think, are just the absolute gems and things that no one really talks about overtly in songwriting. And I think they're kind of there's an intersection of those in the creative funneling process, whereby when we're kind of writing free writing, that lyric section, themes and extremes can be amazing. And then also they can be mirrored in your vocal to create that prosody and in a production if they're set up beautifully. So which we kind of talked about with, with Liana with that Egyptian theme and what effect that has on your music. So we did free writing with Emily, we did themes, we then looked at extremes and then obviously deep diving. So these are the results and I just, I'm a big fan of where she's going with this. So this is the first verse. The sun's going down, I'm crying in public. Sunglasses on in case it gets ugly. My lucky horseshoes upside down, four leaf clovers turning brown. I stand in the way of any new growth because I've forgotten how to let go. Mic drop, Barack Obama style. I just love that. I really love that because let's go back through it. So in terms of the themes, sun's going down, sunglasses. I know that's a repetition of the word, but it isn't. It's not how we hear it. Sunglasses and the sun's going down. So she's also painted in our minds. You might have missed it. The sun's going down. So there's no need for sunglasses unless you live in a really, really bright country. Um, The idea is that it's getting dark, but I'm keeping my sunglasses on because I don't want to cry in public. And in case it gets ugly, it's this really cool idea that she's going to be perceived as being, you know, ugly for crying, which is just not, not at all the case. You know, often people are very kind, but this is how we feel in our minds when we're struggling is that if I cry, it's going to look bad. I can't do that in public. So in those first two lines, like the sun's going down, I'm crying in public, sunglasses on in case it gets ugly. Not only has she talked about introducing the idea, she's absolutely smashed that and elicited questions as we talked about earlier. But the idea of crying in public, we can relate to that. The sun's going down, we can relate to that sunglasses on in case it gets ugly. I think that's brilliant. And these next two lines, my horseshoes upside down, hilarious. Again, what are symbols of luck? Horseshoes. It's upside down. Damn it. My lucky horseshoe is what even saying luck is a good way to do it. And the four leaf clovers turning brown. Of course, that's a rhyme, down and brown, right? But I just think it works really well because it's kind of tongue in cheek, quite funny. 
even though it's sad. Again, it's just that idea of foreshadowing my luck's not good right now. Something's going wrong, which just elicits questions. But horseshoes and four-leaf clovers are kind of traditional um, symbols of luck. And we even went into that when, right, what is the theme? Luck. Awesome. Let's look. What what are kind of symbols of luck? Cool. Horseshoes, clovers, yeah, rabbit's feet. What can we use? Boom. She put them straight in. And I think I was, I was super proud. I think it's such a great way to corral again forgive me the theme that's why you where you put horses and cattle but it's where you kind of corral your ideas deliberately so you can be creative it's the same idea that i talk about and i will talk about in future so don't worry but how we create lyrics how we create melodies by giving ourselves a target a landing word and kind of a function of how we're going to get there so i think that's a big part of why lyrics have been successful particularly in in, in emily's sessions and emily's songs why because she's able to speak beautifully and often better than myself about these things as you hear on the feedback episodes, which you can submit to us. We can join the Discord and pop them in there. I think she's great at this because she takes the time. Again, we go back into free writing as I do if I'm struggling. I do all these things that I talk about because otherwise I wouldn't talk about them. I don't really think that's ethical, but when I'm struggling, I'll go back into free writing, themes, extremes, deep diving, storyboarding, and then you end up with these wonderful, wonderful lyrics. And she also had it was the kind of natural theme nature is also like knitted through and i think great themes do that whereby again four leaf clover horse is also natural the sun and the idea then that these next lyrics the closing i the closing ideas of this section i'll stand in the way of any new growth because i've forgotten how to let go so cool new growth let go i love that and again, that's just a small section. The song does continue and you'll be able to hear that eventually. Ah, you will be able to hear that eventually going forward with Emily's work. That's a bit of a surprise there. You'll, you'll be able to understand what I've said in the future. So that's a couple of the, the ideas we've gone through today. And I think Ariadne, Eliana and Emily have just presented some really, really helpful tools in my mind, some really beautiful ways of approaching your songs. And as I said, the idea of this is that it's done in situ during the sessions and I'm kind of lucky enough to ask them, you know, can I talk about this? Cause it's really cool. And then we'll take, make a few notes and I'll use a few examples um, with their permission, of course, so that you guys can hear what it's like in the sessions and, and why these people are quite, are writing great songs and what it is about their ideas that I think are not only practical, but they're useful, they're helpful. And I'm going to quickly go back over in case you missed some of the ideas, but with Ariadne, we talked mainly about the grid which is the idea that if you play with your key, which is the pitch of your song, and also the speed, you can allow yourself not only to have a rhythm that feels like you're kind of gliding through a song because it's just that perfect mixture between all of the sections and their rhythms and presenting those best, and then also the key. So again, it's that perfect kind of grid aligning whereby you've got the most emotive vocal that you can have, where you're also being smart with your voice should you want to play it live but you're really trying to get that emotion dripping through your performances but also the texture in your voice then it allows you to add that drama and harmony so the hairs was more talking about the grid getting that wavy award nomination which is awesome and then liana was talking about prosody that egyptian idea of sprinkling the idea of egypt in your lyrics the idea of egypt in your melody and the idea will be there in the production how she kind of balanced mystery with lyrical deep diving which I think is really clever in her part as well for someone who's kind of just starting to come into her own as a writer. Beautiful ideas. And then Emily just kind of smashing it here at the end with the idea of themes and extremes, deep diving and free writing. 
just some absolute classics that are incredibly important, I think, to the success of your song. So selfishly, I've really enjoyed talking about some of the stuff that I've been putting together during sessions for for these wonderful clients that, that I've been lucky enough to work with and seeing how it helps them. And I'm going to continue to share ideas because I still have more. I've kind of been logging them over the last year or so, just thinking, wow, this is this is spot on. And probably so many analogies that um, some people start to take the piss out of me, which I really like. Like I always say in our sessions, like, this is your time. So just interrupt me if I'm being useless or if I'm not saying something helpful, do so. People are too kind to do it. And I also ask at certain points, like, if you have any thoughts, questions or abuse, just let go. Because that's how it should be in sessions, I think, is that if you have something to say, you say it. You've paid for that time. This is your space. I want to help you. And then I see tools like this and I go, wow, not only is it helping these people, but if I can recycle this through the podcast for you guys and you can take it practically, this is not me talking for a laugh. This is so you can practice these. You can use them. Forgive me. So you can use them, getting emotional here, for yourselves to make your songs better to improve your your lives to improve your flow to improve your project you know if there's something you do for love or you do it for work or you do it for aspirations in your career like then do so like take these tools and use them it's not me flapping on and that's why i think the context of people using it in sessions is really important for you to understand that these are things you can do today to make your music more emotive today better in your own mind forget what other people think today and you can go and use that based on the tools we talk about in terms of how we can negotiate with business, how we can get ourselves work, how we can then manage those relationships, which is an ongoing battle. And even this whole this whole podcast is me kind of falling forward, as I heard said beautifully, whereby you kind of make mistakes, but they take you forward. You're not falling back, not falling down. If you get knocked down, you stand up, but it's falling forward through these ideas. And I think that's the way that people learn, particularly when you're writing. It's just, just hit a roadblock, and realize you have and go, cool, how do you get over this one or around this one or under it or through it? And having all these tools in your pocket, you'll soon realize that you, you have that whole creative funneling process down, got that systematic songwriting idea embedded and you've always got a tool um, to take to your work. So I think it's, it's kind of empowering, emancipating and I really enjoy talking about it. So this will be lessons from the sessions. This is the first one. So thank you to Ariadne, Liana and Emily for sharing that and there's plenty more lined up and I'm sure there's going to be more through these sessions this week, but I appreciate you listening. And as I said, if you want to get your songs considered for review, then Emily's help desk is the place to do so. And you can send that in, you know, by the discord. It's nice because then we get the context behind your song and you can meet everyone else and we can hear your music in that sense first. But if you just want to email in, it's, I wish I knew that pod at gmail.com. And you can send in your questions. Again, drop questions in the Discord because I always believe that if you share in communities, people will benefit, not just yourself. Same with questions that there's no such thing as a simple or too complex a question, actually, in fact. So just fire them all in. We really want to hear what you think and what is useful. If I'm missing something, I really want to hear that. If I'm not eloquent, if I'm not eloquent with something I've said, there's the irony, then I really need to know that in terms of a review, a rating, or just a really dirty, filthy email abusing me, that'd be really nice so I can know how I can make this better for you guys and make sure that it's kind of turning out the quality that you deserve. And as I said, if you want to help the show and if you want to pick up some books that will help you, do so in the links below because I think those books are something that can change your career. One or two of them have have directly changed my career and then the others are kind of slightly more peripheral but have done so in their own way and it would really help the show if you pick them up through our links. And thank you.
really enjoy it and i love working with people so if you want to grab your 60 minute call for free um grab that in the calendly link below you should be able to see that if not you send me a message and i will sort it out for you it's not your problem if you can't see it clearly that is mine look forward to speaking to you and if you do see things that are not in your time zone i'm aware of some of you guys in australia or america let me know and i'll make some spots make some space for you guys because i love working with people and this is the result wonderful tools for everyone that benefit the community that can be folded back and also make me better as a coach and i really want to hear your feedback we've got our first um i wish i knew that podcast group call little summit so i'm really looking forward to that and if you want to be involved in the next one just drop yourself into the discord or send us an email we can sort you out through there have a wonderful day remember creative funneling be kind to yourself but push yourself it's what we all strive to do and we often fail so fail forward have a sweet day please look after yourselves these things are important that you take care of yourself and i will be speaking at you about these wonderful people again very soon